1: Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio, wherever you get podcasts.
0: How do you make a radio ad for an 8K TV that conveys the feeling of 33 million pixels with over a billion shades of color hitting your eyeballs? This is the best we can do. Samsung Neo QLED 8K. Unreasonably good.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome into Stacking the Box. I am at alongside Josh Hill. And, of course, we join you each and every Monday here on Facebook Live, the fan-sided page, 1 p.m. Eastern for you who are going to listen to this on iTunes. Thank you very much. And, of course, we try to catch us on video. But enough of the intros. The NFL draft, over. NFL Fine. schedule, over. NFL free agency, unless you're Des Bryant, over. Yeah. <laughs> Training camps, still a little bit away. So right now is a period to kind of take a 30,000-foot view mm-hmm. of the NFL and say, okay, you know, what do, we, what do we believe to be true? What do we expect to happen going forward? And to me, one of the most intriguing storylines, the Patriots. Obviously, yeah. this is a team that has been dynastic for almost 20 years at this point, you know, eight Super Bowl appearances, five titles. but They've kind of had a weird offseason, uh, and, and it's, yeah. you know, in a lot of ways, whether guys leaving in free agency, Tom Brady making some interesting comments, Gronk not mm-hmm. sure if he wants to play, so on and so forth. Do you believe that New England is in decline? I mean, we
0: say this every year. Like, yeah, I mean, I wrote a piece about it in the middle of the season last year. I forget who they had just lost to. Um, or maybe it was right after they beat the Texans, but they shouldn't have because of Bill yeah. O'Brien. And I was like, this is it. Yeah. The Patriots are done. And in there, I was like, but probably they'll end up in the Super Bowl and they'll win it. Well, they were in the Super Bowl. They didn't win it. Um, but this happens every single year. It's like, this is it. This is the end. And we're going to eventually get to a point. It's like those guys that go on Twitter. And they'll say like these wild predictions, and then like the guy who predicted the Cubs and the Indians in the World Series, and then it turns out he was tweeting a whole bunch of crazy stuff, and this deletes all the stuff that was wrong, so it looks like he was right. We're at that stage with the Patriots. Every single time something happens, we're like, this is it, this is the end, and one of these times we're gonna be right. I just don't think we're gonna be right yet. I, I, uh, you know, as long as Gronk's there, as long as Brady's there, as long as Belichick is still two steps ahead, which it seems like he is, it's impossible to count them out.
1: It is. And, you know, last year we're sitting there and we're watching the AFC ch- title game right here in the fan side office. And yep. we're like, my God, Blake Bortles is going to be what happens. Like, <laughs> this, this, he's dead. This is how it ends. End. <laughs> and, and, of course, it doesn't. And Brady yeah. makes a bunch of plays and they win the game. But Brady is 41 years old in August. Yeah. And Giselle's not made it a secret that she's ready for him to retire mm-hmm. and to, to live out and the rest out of their lives. The yeah. yeah. Um, he's made it. Clearly, he wants to play at he's forty-five. But then, yeah. you know, a week ago, he goes out and says, "I don't know if I feel appreciated." I plead the fifth. You mm-hmm. uh, know, he kind of laughed it off. But there's always a little bit of truth and stuff like that. Yeah. And and then, you know, of course, we've had the whole Gronk situation. I don't think New England's in any trouble in terms of you know getting the playoffs being a force because look, <clears throat> New England has one great advantage. That division <laughs> is a, is an absolute tire fire within oh, yeah. a dumpster fire. It is so bad. The New England's almost guaranteed. It's almost like a buy yeah. to the playoffs, okay? Um, for me, though, the question is always what are they going to do when they get there. We know they're mm. going to get there, but are they – like like last year, I think everybody felt – a lot of people thought they were going to go in the mm-hmm. This year, I look at them, and I don't know that I see them as an overwhelming favorite in the AFC as they no. have been for what feels like forever. No, and look, we're going to get
0: to a point where these other teams are going to catch up to the Patriots you know the Jaguars we were joking about it but that defense was good enough to win that game it was if they would have had a good quarterback maybe wouldn't have yeah. put him in some bad spots there it was a really tight game and the mar- our margin for error was small but it was large enough for Blake Bortles to fall into the crack if there was a different quarterback maybe a Kirk Cousins maybe an Eli Manning that's a different game and then we're having a different conversation can't believe the Patriots lost in the AFC championship game they're already done uh, I think that I would put another year on it People are going to predict them to go undefeated again because they do every single year. But I think this is, you know, we're talking about how LeBron James is the weakest Cavs team of his career. I think that Brady is about to have one of the weakest Patriots teams he's ever had. They lost pieces in free agency. They didn't fill those roles. They didn't draft particularly well. So I I think that if there was a year for the Patriots to regress, and regress means probably lose in the AFC Championship game on a game-ending field goal, uh, it's going to be this year.
1: Well, look. You know, let's get to Gronk. We talked about it at the very mm-hmm. top here, but he's been very open about, hey, yeah. I'm not for this game forever. Mm-hmm. He's going to be 29 here in a couple of weeks. He's got two years left in his deal, including this one. Yep. After this year, though, they can cut him and basically save all the money. And I yeah. wonder with them. You normally say, well, it's Gronk. There's no way. Mm-hmm. He hasn't played a full season since 2012. Like, what? What if he plays 12 games mm-hmm. and Belichick says, you know, I, I don't need the circus skin yeah. this offseason, right? So you've got that. Progressive presents Forest Metaphors. About bundling your home auto and other vehicles. In hockey, it's the goalie's job to protect the net. And in life, your net is your
0: home and auto. But also your boat, motorcycle, RV, or ATV. And your goalie is the round-the-clock protection offered by Progressive Insurance. Well, and also the savings you get when you bundle. So in this metaphor, you have two goalies. Which is okay, because, you know, it's... Just a metaphor.
1: Forced Metaphors. Presented by Progressive. Bundle and protect today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Discount not available in all states or situations. Uh, then you've got Brady. He's up after next year as well. Mm-hmm. You've got Edelman coming back. He basically, if you look at his contract, he's on a year-to-year situation. Okay. Yeah. He and Gronk are the only weapons on this team, unless you think Sonny yeah. Michelle is going to come out and, and light the world on fire right away. They don't have anybody else. Mm-hmm. They traded Brandon Cooks. He's gone. They lost Danny Amendola. He's gone. Chris Hogan, okay, but I don't think anybody goes looking a fearing Chris Hogan. Like, yeah. their outside weapons are Chris Hogan and Malcolm Mitchell. Ooh, I don't care how good Brady oh, is. Geez. Like, at some point, you've got to be able to play yep. on the outside. That's where they went and got Cooks. Mm-hmm. And he had 1,000 yards, but you know, ended up being a one-year rental, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I look at New England, and I think the AFC's terrible. And so, if they were in the NFC... I don't know that I would pick them to make the playoffs. Yeah. And that tough. is sounds like blasphemy, but they are so lucky they're in the AFC East, especially. <laughs> yeah. But they have issues.
0: They do. Um, I still think they would make the playoffs in the NFC, but they definitely would probably be a wild card and probably be done on the first weekend. So... They are are blessed for playing in the AFC. As far as Brady is concerned, I mean, Ichiro said he was going to play until he was 50. And then last week, they moved him to a front office position because he realizes that that's a bold claim. And when you get into your 40s, your body changes. And I think Brady can drink as much salt TB12 water that he wants. There's going to come a point where his body breaks down. It always happens. He's not immune to fighting against time. So this is the weakest team I think that they have with Gronk we're going to be in a spot here pretty soon where we're looking back at his career, realizing just how short it was. Like we, we talk about, you know, you think about great tight ends in the game. You think about Tony Gonzalez, a guy who played two different teams, played across two different decades. And then you've got Gronk who literally, if he goes out at the end of his next contract, he's only in the league for 10 years. I mean, that's incredible when you think about it. And that's going to be the end of the Patriots. I think when Gronk leaves, that's going to be what kind of is the leak that breaks the seal.
1: So. Well, I, I'll have an interesting prediction later on in the show. A little little hook. A uh, little <laughs> teaser. Yeah. Uh, listen, this offseason, though, to kind of put a, just a bow on this before we get into some of the teams maybe that could challenge the England. Yeah. They lost Nate Solder to the Giants. Big. Okay. He's their left tackle. They're going to replace him with Isaiah Wynn. But Isaiah Wynn played guard a yep. lot at Georgia. A lot of people think he is a guard. Can he make that transition? That's tough. Right? They lose Deion Lewis. Who is not a great player but a good player mm-hmm. and he's a very good pass catcher out of the backfield and he's yep. gone and now you have rex burkhead and mike gillisley and i don't think anybody cares about that so you no. better get something out of sony michelle right danny amandola he went to the dolphins he moves on mm-hmm. a guy who's had some injury history but was always a guy who brady trusted in big spots go back yep. and look at the games um and then malcolm butler goes to tennessee it's big and for everybody for any New England fan who says, well, Malcolm Butler, we sat in there in the Super Bowl. We don't need him. Did you watch the Super Bowl?
0: <laughs> didn't win the Super Bowl. <laughs> because
1: they couldn't stop anybody nope. without him on the field. So, and they didn't replace him. Mm-mm. So, you have Stephon Gilmore. Okay, fine. You have Eric Rowe and a bunch of guys. Oof. After And Eric Rowe, by the way. I well, watched the Super Speaking
0: yeah. of, did you watch the Super Bowl? Yeah. <laughs> like, holy like, cow. And,
1: and let's be honest. Philadelphia, as good as they are, like, not an incredible group of receivers mm. on that team. And they just torched you day and night. Nick
0: beat tom brady in the super bowl because that defense
1: that's where i like i don't think new england's going to be horrible offensively Mm -hmm. you still have brady gronk and edelman now i will say this if one of those guys gets hurt then it's a problem good night then you double the other guy and Mm -hmm. they've got issues but defensively that team is a mess like they're hoping Derek rivers comes back third round Mm -hmm. pick last year they're hoping he's healthy and, and they're hoping he's good. They, you know, they have no idea. Adrian Claiborne comes over, mm-hmm. he's a decent rotational pass rusher, but he and Trey Flowers, neither one of them are guys you're going to be doubling. Yeah. You know, Dante Hightower is the best guy in the front seven, so he's hurt. Mm-hmm. They, to me, have a lot of issues that they didn't address. And I think they're just saying, okay, Tom, mm-hmm. we think you can win us 13 games. And he, and he always does. But at some point, like 41 years old, at some juncture, yep. You need help. Like Peyton Manning won a Super Bowl late in his career, but he didn't win it because of him. Nope. He won because their defense was tremendous. And, and I, I think New England, at some point here, you've got to support Brady a little bit. A little bit. And, you know, I, I think we might be getting to that point. Yeah, Matt Patricia's in Detroit now, too. You
0: know, yeah, he was talking point. about all these losses that they good had on point. defense. The guy who was running the ship left. <laughs> they yeah. don't have a captain on defense now. they got a first-year defensive coordinator there, So or at least in that role. Yes. So I, I'm i really concerned about the Patriots As far as their future is concerned, I think they'll be fine this year. But one thing that we could look at, and we transition to this next topic here, is going to be what Bill Belichick does, how he manages this job in these last couple of years of what could be his career. And it starts with trading away Jimmy Garoppolo. That's going to be something we talk about in the 30 for 30 that we all know is coming. And then, you know, the Isaiah Wynn decision. He's never drafted particularly well. How is he going to move these guys around? And Brady is not a guy who's going to take any bullets for Belichick. He's not going to sit there and say, yeah, you know, we both went down together. He's going to be pointing that finger the whole way, right into retirement, right into another team. Who knows? But Belichick is on his own, and this is crucial to his legacy, I think. He's established he's the greatest coach of this generation. He's established he's one of, if not the greatest coach of all time. But how is he going to end here? And that is going to be a coda on his career, and it's something we're going to be talking about.
1: Look, you know what? I, I think it's interesting too. Like we, I talked earlier about the AFC's terrible, mm-hmm. and the AFC is terrible. Okay, but there are some teams this year that, because of New England, in my opinion, start you know a dissension a little bit back mm-hmm. into the pack. Um, there are some teams that I think could threaten them. Yeah. And one of them, I think that everybody's going to point to immediately is Pittsburgh. Yeah. The question for me with Pittsburgh is, last year, everything went right for Pittsburgh. And mm-hmm. I mean everything, outside of, of course, Shazier at the end of the year his yeah, tragic situation. But the rest of the team stayed healthy. Yeah. And they have a lot of guys who don't always stay healthy. Roethlisberger, Bell, Pouncey, and they all stayed healthy. Mm-hmm. They had a year where, they when they played the Packers, they played Brett Hundley. When they had, when they played the Vikings, it was Case Kingdom's first game. And it was like a yep. spot start, right? And it was at home. the a home opener. They had Cleveland in the division. All mm-hmm. right? They, since, like... Everything went right for them. If you look at their schedule, it was almost it was amazing how many games they played. They played backup quarterbacks. They played Mike Glennon and lost <laughs> yeah, and lost. Like, yeah. like they played Bortles and <laughs> lost twice. But the point being, the Steelers, when you look at them on paper, like mm-hmm. they, they have a ton of talent at least offensively, but they couldn't win a playoff game last year. Spent so all going right, and there's a lot of stuff yep. at the end of the year that worries me. Bell didn't drop for a walkthrough for the Jaguars game. Do you see Pittsburgh as the as the biggest threat to New England in the AFC?
0: I think that Pittsburgh has a little bit of that New England effect where you're just assuming that Mike Tomlin's going to figure it out. They have, the, like you said, they have the tools, they're good enough on paper that they should be the biggest challenger. But we talked about this a lot during the season last year, and especially going into that playoff game against ja- the Jaguars. That team is a ticking time bomb. And at some point, it's going to come apart at the seams. And it's already starting to fray. So, you know, the, Le- the Le'Veon Bell stuff, not only the walk, the not going through the walkthrough, but like he doesn't want to play under a certain contract he wants a new deal they're clearly riding him into the ground and then you got all this Mason Rudolph Ben Roethlisberger stuff that's going on like there is so much drama on that team and to to Mike Tomlin's credit he's he'd been able to kind of manage that for all of these years he's won a Super Bowl with the team but at some point you know we're talking about the wheels are going to come off in New England I think they're coming off in Pittsburgh a lot sooner, and it's because we're already seeing it happen. I think the wheels are already in the air. It's just a matter of where it's going to fall what kind of destruction there's going to be. Is
1: Mike Tomlin a good coach?
0: I think he's a good manager of his players, but uh, the results that the Steelers have had these past couple of years suggests that he's an above-average coach. He's a very good coach, and if he were to be fired, if he were to walk away from the Steelers and still be interested in coaching, he would be the first guy hired by anybody. But he has not had the results that I think a coach of his caliber should have, and I don't know if that's because he's not a good coach or if because it's, there's so much going on behind the scenes in Pittsburgh that everything's boiling over and it's too much to handle.
1: I feel like this is an Andy Reid in Philadelphia situation. Mm. Like it's just time. Yeah, Andy Reid's a great coach, but mm-hmm. like some, you just run your course. Yeah, uh, I saw it. As, you know, back when I was a kid with the Chiefs and Marty Schottenheimer. Like at some point, yeah. he just reached a jump. Now look, obviously Tomlin won a Super Bowl. Schottenheimer never got to one, and Reid got to one but lost in New England. Mm-hmm. But I just think at some point here, like, the message gets stale. And Tom, when I, and I think he is a good coach. He's very mm-hmm. fire and brinched on type. Yeah. They have not won a Super Bowl since 2008, and they've had a Hall of Fame quarterback, and at times a very good defense and a mm-hmm. very good offense, and they've not been able to go over the hump. Uh, but to me, Pittsburgh is very interesting. And, but I agree with you because we did talk about it a lot. Like, this, this or Ro- this rudolph stuff to oh, me is terrible. Man. Like, dude, you're 36, and you can't stop talking <laughs> about retiring every single week of every year. And now they draft a guy in the back end of the third round, right. and you're all, your claws are out. And I'm not going to help him. Like, what is what is wrong with you? Has he forgotten about Tommy Maddox? Yeah, I mean, that's a good point, but like, he talks about like, he wants to play five more years. Now, shut up. No, no you don't. Like, you've been no. talking about retirement forever, mm-hmm. and now they draft Mason Rudolph in the third round. You're that threatened. Jeez, I would have hated if they drafted Lamar Jackson. <laughs> been, he would have been picketing outside oh, the yeah. stadium what are you doing? But in any event, look, speaking of young quarterbacks, the Texans are actually a team I find really intriguing. Oh, yeah. Now, the Texans are weird because we both agree with Bill O'Brien, or well, we agree on Bill O'Brien, that Bill O'Brien could be a liability, right? But Sean Watson looks like he could be a great player. Oh, yeah. DeAndre Hopkins, one of the most underrated players in the league. Lamar Miller, a solid enough back. The problem is, the rest of that offense, you don't really know what you're getting. The mm-hmm. offensive line, a lot of question marks. They didn't have a pick to the third round this year, so they really right. couldn't supplement that way. Defensively, J.J. Watt, great player, but he's only got a lot of injuries the last couple of years. Yeah. Whitney is coming off the torn peck. Honey Badger, coming in, great player, great talent, but a lot of injury history. Mm-hmm. What do you see when you see Houston? Because I see a team that, if all goes right, could absolutely end up in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. But if all goes wrong, or even, you know, reasonably wrong could end up seven and not
0: yeah they're about as boom as bu- or boomer bust as it gets and which is exciting i guess for texans fans who had yeah. to watch the tom savage experience for first half of week one last year and then were gifted with deshaun watson and then had to watch Bill O'Brien screw yeah. everything up yeah um i'm gonna give him the benefit of bill o'brien the benefit of the doubt for at least one season or at least half a season to see if he can maybe get things on the right track here and we talk about improved teams in the draft and free agency. The Texans didn't make, they made minimal moves. I mean, like you said, no no first or second round pick this year. The only big move in free agency they made was getting, um, well, they got Colvin from, from they Jacksonville. They Colvin, yep. And then they bring in Honey Badger, improving the defense. But they are improving with guys coming back from injury. J.J. Watt, Whitney Merciless, you're getting Deshaun Watson back. I think they should go out and get uh, Des Bryant and I add him too. to that offense. I agree. Get a nice third weapon <laughs> in there. I'm really intrigued by Houston just because, for once, they're, I think they're finally going to win, or at least be in contention to win the AFC South, and it's not by default. Yeah. So that, that at least is exciting from the standpoint of we don't have to watch that division and cringe every single time we think about what's going to happen in the playoffs because the Jaguars are good, the Texans are good. If Andrew Luck comes back, the Colts are playing with a massive chip on their shoulder after that Josh McDaniel stuff. They're going to want to prove people wrong. So, and then you got the Titans. So I really like that division, and I really like the Texans coming out of it. And I, re- you know, people are going to pick the Jaguars again to kind of be a team that challenges the Patriots. I think that the Texans are going to be the team that comes out of that division that yep. you're really watching and wondering, are they going to be the team that takes down the Patriots? So
1: Agreed. And look, you know, we got to talk about Jacksonville. Jacksonville mm-hmm. got the AC title game. To be fair, beat Pittsburgh twice on the road last yep. year, went into New England, and was this close. Was this close. To Blow the whistle the away. Bowl, right? Yeah, I mean, Miles yep. Jack, that's a touchdown. And that game is over. Oh, yeah. He walks in. So the conspiracy theorists live on. I remember we wrote a post about, is it a conspiracy theory after the game? the thing exploded for about a week. We were all Duvall Um, in that moment. Oh, it's not going (laughs) nuts. By the way, uh, no, there's not a conspiracy theory. Um, But Jacksonville. Yeah. Now, Jacksonville is really easy to look at and say this Mm -hmm. is what they are, right? They're a great defensive team. Yeah. Great defensive team. Offensively, you have a lot of question marks. Allen Robinson didn't play last year, but he's gone. They're not going to get him back. And then Allen Hearns, they lose him to the Cowboys in free agency. Mm-hmm. They did add Dante Monkfree from Indianapolis. So he'll kind of play off Marquise Lee. They have some other guys in there, like a D.D. Westbrook, some younger players, Keelan mm-hmm. Cole, uh, who are going to have to step up. They did add Andrew Norwell, who is an all-pro yeah. guard. He should help the running game. They have Fournette. Um, Fournette was a little banged up last year. It's my only mm-hmm. concern. He missed some games. But in every game that he missed, they won. Yep. And they won decisively. Yep. Jacksonville, the question all boils down. The Bortles. Yep. If if Bortles is just Case Keenum from last year, they are a Super Bowl contender. If he's Blake Bortles from two years ago or even much of last year, mm-hmm. they struggle. Because people look at them and think how good they were. But they were 10-6 and six in a very bad division and, and could have lost to Buffalo at home mm-hmm. in the Wilds. In some ways, maybe almost should have for as yeah. bad as they played. I agree with you. I like the Texans more.
0: Yeah. And it, again, it's the stuff that happened at the end of the season, just like the Steelers. The stuff that happened at the end of the season with Jacksonville really concerns me. Although they did course correct, and they beat Pittsburgh, and they almost they beat did. New England. They so did. And they beat Buffalo, too. I don't want to forget about that. Uh, but we all want to forget about <laughs> that. We have to watch that. We did. That was one of it the worst brutal. games I've ever witnessed. It ahead. was brutal. Yeah. But they almost missed the playoffs. Like We're talking about how they were in the AFC Championship game and almost made the Super Bowl. They almost missed the playoffs because they lost that brutal game to San Francisco at yep. the end of the season. They lose to Tennessee at the end of the season. They got a lot of help to get in, and they barely did. And specifically, that San Francisco game, which they should have won, but they came out of the gate slow. Jimmy Garoppolo got off to a hot start, and they got bothered. The defense got bothered. And you can't be a rough and tough unit like that and not be able to take a punch. It's the oh, you can't dish it out if you can't take it thing. So, to me, I'm wondering if that mentality carries over. If they get off to a slow start this season, they start out maybe two and three, maybe they start out one and four. Are they going to be able to correct, or is that defense going to throw their hands up and? basically do what they did at the end of that 49ers game, which is just start throwing punches. And at the end of the Seattle Seahawks game, which they won. Yeah. So that, the mentality I'm wondering about offensively, I have concerns because you trade out two relatively productive players. I mean, Alan Robinson was hurt, but he yeah, was productive right. when he was healthy. And you swap, you trade in Dante Moncrief. So I, that doesn't do a whole lot for me. I'm wondering if that's going to end up being something that holds this team back and ends up riling up that defense to a point where you've got all this problem off the field and you just can't deal
1: with it. It's going to be interesting. My my question, kind of to you is, or what you said is rather, when Bortles has a game mm-hmm. where he's terrible and he's gonna, let's just oh, be yeah. honest, when that happens, does that defense say, "No, we're not going to lose this game. We're gonna we're gonna dig in," or mm-hmm. do they start throwing their hands up and saying, "You know, this guy, you can't," you know, because. We've yeah. seen it go both ways. Like in Denver over the last couple of years, there have been times that defense has been incredible and they lose because mm-hmm. Simeon or Osweiler or Lynch just throwing four picks. Yeah. I'm very interested to see how that goes. I could see Jacksonville regressing this year, not because they're not good, but because it's just a lot of times teams have a hard time handling success initially, mm-hmm. especially young ones. And Bortles, I just have to see it. Yeah. I have got to see him play 16 games, especially now where teams are gunning for them. Yeah. It's a different story. Going to the AFC West. The Chargers are extremely intriguing to me. And every yep. year, you know, look, I'll preface this by saying, every year we hear how the Chargers are this, this sleeper, sleeper team. Sleeper team. And then they sleep. <laughs> okay? Every year. Last year started out on 4 Then they had this big run midseason. Mm-hmm. And they go into Kansas City in a game they're favorite in. And the Chiefs slap them around and win the division. And in, in, in San Diego, or Los Angeles as it is. Whatever. San Diego forever. <laughs> uh, L.A. doesn't make playoffs. This year to me... You know, they they really didn't change the team much. But they're getting back Mike Williams and Forrest Lamp, the first two picks from last Mm -hmm. year. Uh, You know, they went out and they got Pouncey at center, which should help out quite a bit there. They were weak on the offensive line. And in the draft, you know, they they get out a steal on Derwin James. Mm -hmm. I think the Chargers are very talented. My question is, is Anthony Lynn a good enough head coach to take advantage? Mm -hmm. And can they stay healthy? Because every year it's always either Keenan Allen or Denzel Perriman or Jason Vrett. It always seems these guys get hurt. But the Chargers, if they stay healthy, could be maybe the biggest threat to New England in the conference.
0: I like that, yeah. I mean, we were kind of talking about it last year when it looked like Los Angeles might sneak into the playoffs as that sixth seed. Kind of watch out. We were talking not New England, but we were like, maybe they're going to bump off Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, yep. And it turned out Jacksonville did the job anyways. But they're, they're intriguing to me from the standpoint of they remind me a little bit of, you talk about Derwin James falling to them. They remind me a little bit of New Orleans last year. So they come into the year and we're like, eh, this is the end. You know, they've got this old quarterback and Drew Brees. They've got this head coach. We don't know if he still has it or if he knows what he's doing. But they had a good offseason. They got players back healthy. They drafted well. And they were able to adjust on the fly, and all of a sudden they were Super Bowl favorites, and they're one missed tackle away from possibly beating Philadelphia in the NFC Championship game, and then being a formidable opponent to New England in the Super Bowl. Yep. So, on the you know, not to say that it's, you know Los Angeles is all of a sudden Super Bowl favorites, but they did have a good off season. they drafted well, and it's going to come down to whether or not Anthony Lynn can adjust on the fly, and I think he can because of the way they started last year. A couple of missed kicks couple of bad breaks, and then they go on that tear in the middle of the season. That's adjustment. You need to be able to do that. So he's demonstrated, Anthony Lynn's demonstrated he's able to kind of move them in that direction. I'm, I'm confident that this, that the Chargers are going to maybe do a little bit better than they did last year. That, as far as being a team that knocks off New England, I mean, I don't want to go nuts. But if all, if all the pieces fall into place, they are a very intriguing
1: option. I, I will say this about the Chargers. Week one, they host Kansas City. Mm-hmm. They have not beaten Kansas City in eight straight games. The biggest question I have about the Chargers other than the injuries mm-hmm. is the mental toughness because at times yeah. Yeah. they just make mental errors. They, they, it seems like like in that game in Arrowhead last year at the end, when that game was for the division, mm-hmm. they just physically got run over. I mean, if you go watch the tape of that game, they just could not handle the physicality. And Kansas City is not the most overly physical team on the face of the mm-hmm. earth. And, and, you know, so if, if they can win week one to me at home against the Chiefs, who have owned them recently, that yep. says a lot for me going forward. And actually, to get to the last thing we want to bring up here is Kansas City. Kansas City might be the biggest wild card in this whole conference. I, can make, a case six and 10. I can make a case that the Chiefs go 6-10. I can make a case the Chiefs go 12-4. and four. They have an extremely explosive offense. Yep. And they have a defense that is, is liable to be extremely Ooh. explosive but in a different <laughs> yeah, way. very bad way. Right? And, and so the Chiefs, their draft class, every player mm-hmm. was defensive except for the last pick, who actually was a defensive tackle, Reggie McKenzie's son, mm-hmm. who's going to convert the guard. So the Chiefs know they have to fix the defense. Yep. They went out got Kendall Fuller in the Alex Smith deal, went out and brought in Anthony Hitchens, Reggie Ragland mm-hmm. starting his second year. But really, to me, the Chiefs—it's about Mahomes. Yeah. If Mahomes is really good with Sammy Watkins, Tyree Kill, Travis Kelsey, Kareem Hunt, mm-hmm. they're gonna score. They're gonna score a lot of points. The question is, are they good enough defensively to threaten these upper echelon teams? It's it's tough, man. It's
0: they are indeed the biggest wild card I think of the entire league, like NFC and For AFC, the- because they have the potential to be so good and it's all to me it's going to come down to Patrick Mahomes and whether or not he can be this guy that everybody is prophesizing him to be and he looked really good in that one game that we saw him in yep. granted it was you know at the one end game, of the season Denver week 17 they had already given up the defense yep. had checked out a couple of weeks before um, you know yep. their quarterbacks were crying on the sideline like it was a bad no, no i don't want to throw a bad scene. all those quarterbacks don't deserve the
1: up Paxton Lynch was Lynch. crying on the sideline and i tweet out when that happened his career is not over and somebody's like, "That's so. That, that's that's cruel. That's cruel. I'm like, look, man. I'm sorry. It's the NFL. Like, you're crying on the sideline. You don't have a bone sticking out. Your career is over. <laughs> Nobody's gonna look at you the same. But in any event.
0: Yeah, I mean, Case Keenum's in town now for a reason. So, but yeah, the Chiefs, the defense really makes me nervous because you do if they get into if they get into a shootout with New England or if they get into a shootout with any the like Houston maybe is that defense going to be able to contain Deshaun Watson and that offensive attack? Are they going to be able to, in the Super Bowl, contain one of these NFC teams, the Rams? Are they going to be able to go up against Matt Ryan and the Falcons? So it's not so much that I don't think that the Chiefs' defense is talented. I think that they don't have enough depth To be a mystery deep into a game for an offense, they're going to get figured out real quickly, and then by halftime, make some adjustments. You're going to go out, and they're going to get hammered. We kind of saw that in the Tennessee game. You know, granted, that may have been. You want to talk about mental toughness?
1: That game, game, I'm still waking up at night.
0: Yeah, mental toughness. You know,
1: oh, for sure.
0: I think you know the Chiefs and everything that's happened in the playoffs. At some point, that plays a factor. Mm -hmm. So, defense it's a question mark but that was the case last year too you're getting eric barry back that was a big missing piece yeah. i think that that contributed to a lot of problems marcus peters losing him but you're placing him with the fuller brother
1: it's it's we're gonna have to wait and see i'll i'll leave it with this on kansas city before they went out and they drafted this year brett feats new gym held a press mm-hmm. conference and he made a comment that i thought was was almost took me aback because you don't see it, nfl gms mm-hmm. ever say stuff like this he said Last year when we were playing Tennessee at home in the playoffs, we gave up a nine-and-a-half-minute drive, and they ran the ball down our throats mm-hmm. because we don't have enough guys who are wired right defensively. We were not tough enough. <laughs> and I was like, like, you never hear executives say you're not tough enough. know? And they went out and changed a lot of that defense. So, and to me, again, I really like they're just so boom or bust because that defense could be terrible. Mm-hmm. That defense could be decent, and really with that offense, they're just going to need to be decent. Yeah. I will say this, and then we'll go to the odds, and then we'll leave it at that, but the Chiefs, if they were to play New England, mm-hmm. they have played them very well since Andy Reid's been there. That's true. And the one reason I, I think Kansas City would be a tough matchup, just head-to-head. I don't even think they're the best team in the AFC by any stretch, but head-to-head, Barry can guard Gronk, mm-hmm. and Fuller is a very good slot corner against Settlement. That said, I think Pittsburgh's a nightmare for the Chiefs. I think Houston would be a nightmare for the Chiefs. So I, I don't, I don't want to make it out like I don't think the Chiefs are the biggest threat to New England. I don't I actually think Houston is. Yeah, but but I, I think I think head to head, just because of the way the Chiefs play, mm-hmm. you know, all those weapons we talked about, Eric Rosegarden, the second biggest guy, like that, that's a problem. Tom but, Brady's never beaten Patrick Mahomes. There you go. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that is true. Um, all right, so let's get out of here on this, okay. These odds are from Oddshark.com. Now yep. it's gotta be said it's the offseason. Odds all are over all the over the place for some of these teams, okay? But we're using them off of Odd Shark. New England, five to one to to win the Super Bowl. Hmm. Pittsburgh is ten to one. Okay. The Texans are twenty-five to one. The Jags and the Chargers are each thirty-five to one. And the Chiefs are forty to one tied with the Colts. Huh. Which if I do say so myself. I was both embarrassed and ashamed. <laughs> yeah. Of those situations, let's take the Pats out, but they're 5-1. ones, keep that in mind. Yeah. Other than that, Steelers, Texans, Jags, Chargers, Chiefs, all teams we've talked about. If you had to lay 100 bucks down on one of those teams, and of course, we don't bet here, mm-hmm. but if we had to, which team would you bet money on? Which you think is the best value? Um...
0: I would say Houston, just for the reasons that we talked about. They're so boomer bust. You could put $100 on them now and people laugh at you, but you get into like week 13, week 14, yep. and they're the best team in the AFC, and everybody's talking about them the way we were talking about Philly and Los Angeles, the Rams, last year. Then that's a different conversation. So, you know, how many people were putting money on the Eagles to win the Super Bowl Not all. How many non-Eagles fans <laughs> were yeah. putting, right. or, you know, putting money on the Eagles to win the Super Bowl? So I think that Houston, to me, would be the bet that I would go with. Pittsburgh's just not safe enough for me that just for Ben Roethlisberger's sake for the defense's sake I just think that they're going to regress this year and people are going to lose a lot of money putting their placing their bets on them whereas I think Houston's a safe pick and I would also bet against Jacksonville I'm with you and I think that they're going to regress I died on the hill that the defense was going to be great last year a little bit of a regression this year
1: okay so I teased at the beginning of the show that I was going to have an interesting prediction and mm-hmm. one that I'm sure somebody's going to like screen grab later and tweet at me in January. Mm-hmm. I'll be ashamed. But <laughs> I do not think that New England or Pittsburgh will play in the AFC Championship game this year. Ooh. Okay. New England has been in it almost every year this decade. Mm-hmm. Okay. Pittsburgh has been in it, it feels like, every other year. I think that Houston, I agree with you, is the best bet. Mm-hmm. I like the Chargers at 35-1. to 1. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs are forty to one. I like just because the odds are high. Like like at that point, like you, you know, you're getting a huge return, and Andy Reid typically always makes the playoffs, so you at least have that chance. I think Mahomes will be better at the end of the year than he is at the Mm -hmm. beginning. The defense maybe kind of figures itself out by the end of the year. That said, I I like Houston the best, and I like the Chargers, and then so on and so forth. The Steelers are ten to one. I I don't care. I'm not touching. No, because honestly, they'll win the division because that division's terrible. But, like, this, this team is all the earmarks of mm-hmm. a full-blown implosion oh, yeah. by Thanksgiving. Um, and, of course, New England, if, if you just want to, like, smart money, New England a 5-1, I think most people would mm-hmm. say, I'm going to take New England. Um, but I do not think New England or Pittsburgh is going to get the A's title game this mm. year. I think New England's old. I think the defense is terrible. Yeah. And the one problem New England has, all those teams you talked about other than Jacksonville, Pittsburgh, Houston, L.A., Kansas City, they can all score. Yeah. All of them can score. And New England has no defense. No. And that is, like, at some point, they're going to face a team in the playoffs where it just turns into a game which is shootout. And as great as Brady is, if Gronk or Edelman isn't there, if they're not Mm -hmm. in. And Gronk never plays full season. Edelman's 32 years old. coming off a torn ACL. Like, that worries me. Pittsburgh, we've talked about. I think of Houston. I think Houston and LA might mm-hmm. be the two teams in the AFC title game. I think Jacksonville. I do think they'll regress, but they have a shot. I think Kansas City could. Although, listen, as a lifelong Chief fan, I do not expect them to win a playoff game. Why would you? <laughs> um, Maybe even Tennessee. We didn't talk about them. Tennessee. I gotta see it. though. I like your guy Lafleur, who you've talked yep. about, the offensive coordinator. I gotta see it out of Mariota. Yep. He's got to step oh, up. Sure. Yeah. He's got to step up. But if he does, I think they're interesting.
0: I can make a bold prediction too. On the top Go of for yours, it. Uh, I don't think the Steelers are winning the NFC North. I think that Baltimore, well, the AFC North. or the AFC North. They,
1: they're not winning the NFC North. You're right. Bold there. prediction: they not gonna They're not the going to win the
0: NFC North. Uh, no, the AFC North. I think that Baltimore is going to win. Oh. I think you got Harbaugh's coaching okay. for his job this year. The defense, you know, they lost some pieces last year at the end there. They almost snuck in. So people forget they that did. You know, they Took did. They did. Took a miracle. Daggered right now. by Andy Dalton and the Bengals. That's something. Which is.
1: That's that, something. That's no way I don't think they, they can the come playoffs. back from that emotionally.
0: <laughs> I, think that I think they're going to be a team to watch here. The defense. This is. You want to talk about teams getting to the end of their championship window and yeah. the end of their era. You've got Harbaughs coaching for his job. He's either going to come out of the gate hot, they're going to be in contention, or we're going to get to the trade deadline, middle of the season and people are going to be like, I don't know, man, I think Harbaugh's on the hot seat. This could be it. Flacco's playing for his job. Flacco's playing for his job. Yep. So, I it's Baltimore cool. Baltimore is a team to watch and if the wheels come off in Pittsburgh, like it looks like they're going to, there's the only that's the only team I can see ready to surge. It's not going to be Cincinnati. No,
1: that's but. fair. Do you think Pittsburgh makes the playoffs?
0: No, I think, I think this is it. Wow. I think that, Pittsburgh oh, misses And that would be it. By the Here way, I hope
1: if that happens in week 17's meaningless for them. I hope they start Rudolph. <laughs> just because I want to see Roethlisberger just have a mental break. Oh, yeah. uh, after, after being such a jerk to this kid <laughs> as he comes into the organization. But, uh, and, and lastly, of course, we want to thank, uh, fanatics yep. and, uh, they do a great job with us. If you can go to fansided.fanatics.com, save 20% on shipping with the fan, fan sided code. Fansided code, um, Check, that, check them out for all of your needs. Whether you need a hat, you need a jersey, you need mm-hmm. anything. They have it all, and they're a great partner. So we just wanted to thank them very much. Uh, we will be back the same time next week. Uh, but thank you for joining us so much. Uh, appreciate it. If you can, uh, go on iTunes, give us a follow, subscribe, uh, leave a rating, leave a comment. Uh, and always, of course, check out fansider.com for all of the work that both myself and Josh put out and our entire team. We have great stuff. Yep. So, for Josh Hill, I am Matt Bertram. Thanks for watching and enjoy the rest of your week.
0: Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this?